And welcome to another episode of the State of the Strong, a bull brand podcast. I'm obviously not here alone. I'm here with a beautiful Lirai. How aren't, you, you aren't you just happy to see me? I, every single time we shoot these episodes, mm. I you're the most exciting thing about it. But can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. That? No, did I not say the beautiful Lirai? Okay, that is Ooh. true. Sorry. No, you did tell me that I'm beautiful. If there's one thing, <laughs> I always get to, bad things from someone over here. But it's fine. It's fine. There's somebody who I'm more excited to see today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we have entrepreneur, motivational speaker. I'm sure there's so many other no, things. No, there's more. Keep going. And first time <laughs> book author. If you go into any bookstore and you just look there, self-help, you're going to see this Gorgeous man's face with the tattoos and everything and their muscles. That's what I think I look like in real life. Devin Bruff, how are you doing? So amazing. And you, <laughs> where, where you messed up, it would have been the wonderfully, awesomely beautiful. Oh, Lirai. that's my problem. You need, you need more adjectives. I feel like we should swap chairs at this point. Uh, are you good? <laughs> so good. I'm Thank so you so much for having here. me here. It's yeah. such a pleasure and a blessing to mm. be here with you. Oh. So I want to dive into sort of just obviously if you want to understand and know what's in the book, you're going to have to read it. Mm. But I would love to just, you know, dive into the key points that, you know, you speak about in this. But before we do that, before Mm. we get serious, Mm. right? Oh, let's play some games. Let's play Mm. some games. Let's play some games. Because he looks looks like a a a tough guy. So let's see how tough he really is. Do you know what? I think that... Just by looking at him, I think he's going to break the record. Here's the thing, though. Uh-huh. you got to be tough in the brains. Okay, let's tell him what we're doing. You get what I'm saying? Let's tell so him what we're doing. This is a game called 60 Seconds mm-hmm. of Strong. Amazing. I am going to give you a bunch of pieces of papers. Yes, plurals. <laughs> <Papers>. <laughs> and you just have to read it out and it'll prompt you to basically finish the sentence. Super simple. Get as many as you can. This is not a game Okay It's super serious Yes Okay I'm gonna it's give not you a game. And if I get seconds. one wrong The floor opens up And I'll be Exactly And you'll be and You get it yeah. I'm glad yeah. that you understand <laughs> I'm glad that you understand So we're gonna give you 60 seconds It's just you answering Whatever comes to mind first Okay It's really easy It's really easy I really trust Devin I'm so excited Okay, okay Sibu's starting Ready? with the timer do, do I pick them you up? Pick them I'm up, gonna give read, them to you. You keep okay. moving. So I'm just getting ready so that you know I'm giving you a bit of a head start here. Okay. <sighs> okay, the stretches. Let's go. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, go. If I had a superpower, it would be reading people's minds. Uh-huh. The reality show I would be on is the ultimate survivor. If I were an animal, I would be a big bear. COVID has taught me that we need to be able to rely on ourselves. If I won the lotto today, I would buy a big house down in Cape Town and live by the sea. My most used emoji is the laughing emoji. My biggest strength is compassion and understanding. South Africa is the most incredible country in the world. Mm -hmm. CBD Twitter is uh, in the center of Johannesburg. (laughs) Love is who I am at my core. The youth of South Africa are... Indomitable and just 
amazing. When I was a kid, I dreamed of being a motivational speaker, actually. Social media is a way to feed yourself with healthy, good things that inspire you every day. In five years' time, I will be traveling the world and inspiring nations across the globe. Money is the way that we can help to affect the lives of others. Time. Oh, just stop you. Wait, oh. we just have him read that last? I time? want him just to carry on just to, to hear. Just to okay, hear, but we're not going to count it. What's it? The type of parent I would be is one that empowers my children to make their own decisions. I knew we had to hear that. I like that. So I just I need like to that. figure out how to count. Yeah. One, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good. I was right. I don't think is, he's beat is the record. Is that a good number? I, but it's a very, it's one of the highest. I think it's top two. It's definitely okay, top two. I think our highest was it's like good you passed. 16. Nice. Yeah. So now, now Who's we top can one? talk to you. I need to know. Uh, who who do I need Lala. to take out? We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't tell him. We can't tell him. Okay. <laughs> I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. No, it was Lala Hirayama. Yeah. She got everything. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I think if, if we had like two seconds extra... No, she actually went through everything, right? Yeah, she did go through yeah, everything. Yeah, like she probably would have kept going I mean, if sure it wasn't for me. And, and she dances better than yeah, me she, anyway. She, so it's okay for her too. She win. was actually helping Lala a little bit. She was passing those pieces of but paper. But can I really tell fast. you guys something? This, this job mm-hmm. of doing the job it's a lot. things, mm-hmm. it's so difficult. It's yeah. scary. I feel like I'm the one answering everything. <laughs> uh, Devin, I was listening to some of your answers there. And uh, one that... Caught me a little bit by surprise is um, you wanting to grow up to be a motivational speaker because mm. I understand that um, from your early life you had, for lack of a better word, troubles. So did it go left before that or during that time? I think the key was I was born into a family of overachievers. So my grandfather was a Springbok rugby player in 1973, a scratch golfer. Uh, He pioneered the vaginal hysterectomy. So Mm -hmm. he was a really renowned surgeon and obstetrician. Uh, He had a fleet of aircraft that he rented to the Air Force. So he was an all-round amazing human being and super successful. My mother had an all-girl band called Clout Mm. in the 70s and 80s. I'll be your substitute. Save me. Take me away to the moonlight. Wow. And sing, sing, red. Yeah, singer. Yeah, singer. There we go. So <laughs> the, the issue with that is nobody applied pressure sure. on me. Really? But I felt like I had massive shoes that I needed to fill. So my own internal narrative, and bear in mind your story or your narrative you tell is what drives and runs your life. So my narrative was in order to be deserving of love. I have to be successful. And I think this created a lot of issues for me in my 20s where my biggest fear was the fear of being inadequate, especially in the eyes of my family after they'd done so well. So in order not to feel inadequate, I had to win at all costs. And my ego empowered me to be manipulative, divisive, and dishonest in order to win. Because if I'm winning, I can't feel inadequate. But the trade-off of not being a nice human to get to the top and to feel successful was guilt and shame. Mm. And guilt and shame is what took me down a road of alcoholism, addiction, where I just, I didn't want to hear the voices in my head because I labeled myself an F-up, a failure, uh, useless and I didn't want to hear my own negative self-talk so drugs and alcohol became my escape mm. and ultimately we all look for some form of escape yeah. when we don't want to deal with the stuff that's going on inside of us mm. damn mm. you know so I think you mentioned I, you mentioned the fact that your family was 
you're from a family of mm. overachievers and I, I totally understand that pressure of having those shoes to fill that you put on yourself, mm. you know? So what I want to know is where exactly was the turning point or sort of what motivated, what was the foundation behind the turning point of, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this to sort of uh, that being that place of being stuck, as you say. Mm. So I felt really stuck in my twenties because the more I drank and the more I used drugs in order to escape, the worse the things I did to others. So I became the abuser. I became, I was somebody I would never, ever like hurt a woman. That's what, it, like what I stand for. But as an alcoholic addict, I was the abuser. I was the emotional abuser. There was a moment in all my relationships there were where there was a moment of physical abuse. And that's not who I am. It's something I did under the influence of drugs and alcohol. But the mess just grew and grew and grew. And I would sabotage anything that was good in my life. So as I got into a relationship and that person really grew to love me, I would sabotage and destroy it because I felt undeserving and unworthy. I would build a business. That business would grow. I'd have 10 or 12 staff. I'd be doing great turnover. And again, I would sabotage it because the underlying narrative was I'm undeserving, unworthy, and not enough. And that's because I was carrying around this heavy weight of anger, resentment, guilt, and shame. Mm. And those are the four emotions that if we don't deal with them, they're healthy in small doses. Guilt should push you to go and apologize or own your stuff around something. But when we hold on to anger, resentment, guilt, and shame, it almost clouds our ability to become successful, allow ourselves to love another and be loved by another. Because yeah. it's this whole narrative of feeling like we're not enough. And the mess was so severe twice in my 20s. At 22 and 26, I tried to commit suicide. Mm. So I actually woke up the one morning. I remember being 26 and I just felt so hopeless that in that moment, the thought of killing myself and not going through another day was less painful than actually breathing mm. and actually living another day. So I know exactly what it's like to really feel stuck and to feel hopeless. Mm. And the turning point for me only came when I was 33. And I really thought that my ego wanted to tell me that you can do this. You've got the tools. You've got the keys. But I really didn't. And at 33 years old, I'd gone on a six-day bender down in Cape Town. And uh, my phone had been off for five days. My family didn't yeah, know where I was. Scene, I had taken a deposit from a company. I, was, I had an, an agency and mm. was going to do a production for them. Totally didn't do the job. Had taken it. So th there were so many consequences that I had that, again, I was at that point where I felt I didn't have another suicide attempt in me. And on day six, my brother arrived at the place where I was, a house up in, uh, up in Fresnay. And I just burst into tears when I saw my brother. And for the first time in my life, in a moment of surrender, I put my hand up and I said, I need help. Mm. And the turning point for me was going for four months of inpatient rehab. And everybody thinks rehab's scary, but I got to the doorstep of that rehab center in the south coast of KZN. And I wanted the change. I was ready. Before then, if you'd sent me to rehab at 24, 25, there was no way I was ready. Yeah. But at that moment at 33, life had brought me to my knees and there was purpose in the pain. Yeah. The purpose in the pain was the change that I now desperately wanted. Mm, mm, mm. Sibu, I just, Devin, you've just <laughs> said a lot. And I think I really want us to break it down yeah. so that we can chew it because that's a lot to digest, mm. you know. How do you reach a point of being able to so clearly articulate and 
own it like you have the vocabulary to name which is something that i think as human beings we struggle with a lot so having that self-awareness to actually come up with the vocabulary and say yes i'm feeling this but this is what it means and that is really i guess you've unlocked the tool of being able to deal with all of that. How do you get to that point? I think you've hit the nail on the head with the word awareness because you can't fix what you can't see. Sure. So if you rather walk around not seeing your stuff, it's easier because then we can play the victim. We can blame or complain. Mm. And I think that is why I wrote the book because I really believe that our mess is there to build our message. And you, cha- you convert your mess into a message that tests into a testimony. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's watching this and they feel like they are stuck in their mess, the bigger your mess, the bigger the responsibility you have because you're perfectly positioned to help the person that you once were. Yeah. But that means that you've got to take ownership and you've got to walk through the mess. Yeah. You've got to work, walk through the pain and you've got to find the purpose that's buried in it. Do you think that... Um how you were sort of feeling in your 20s is the general sentiment of a lot of South Africans, people who feel really down, really stuck. They can't get out of their situation. There's no, there's no jobs. There's no this. There's no that. Do you feel like that's a lot of the people you're speaking to? Absolutely. I, I think there are a few points to touch on there. So one is the fact that we prefer to look at other people's stuff than our own. Sure. So rather than taking accountability and saying, hey, I'm responsible for where I am in my life because it's the sum total of your choices yeah. and your decisions that you make, whether you have discipline or a lack of discipline, that has created your journey and brought you to the point that you are today. But it's easier to point the finger. It's easier to say, I come from an, an abusive household or my father was an alcoholic or this happened. So we so often play the victim instead of knowing that we're the victor. And just by reframing our story, it's not because this happened to me, this is why I am like this today. But because that happened to me, that's why I can rise above and I can use that and I can channel that into an empowering narrative and not a narrative that holds me captive and keeps me stuck. That's the one thing. And then the other is escape. I feel like a lot of people would rather escape than dealing with their own feelings. So it hurts. It's painful yeah. to open up wounds from the past. It's the hard work. to yeah. look at the relationship you had with your parents or even with yourself. So again, that guilt, shame, anger, resentment, it's tough to go back and open up those stories. But until you do, and until you reframe that story so that the narrative doesn't keep you stuck anymore, you're not going to move forward. And I think the thing that a lot of people deal with in this world, especially in this country, is sort of that place that you were speaking of where you would build the company and you would have the employees. You actually, you are sort of on a, at a steady place and a steady pace of growth. Mm-hmm. But there's also something that is within you that sort of just keeps stopping you from getting to Mm. sort of where you actually are meant to be and fulfilling your full potential. And I think we see that with a lot of, you know, of, of our people, especially here in South Africa, you know, where do you do you, what about South Africa do you think impacted your journey to, I guess, healing that you don't think would have happened had you been from a different place. Sure. So the interesting part is I actually grew up in Germany. So I was born in South Africa, but when I was six months old, uh, my dad's family is all in Germany and my mother's family is here. So for the first 12 years, I grew up in Europe, a very European upbringing, and then came back to South Africa at the age of 12. And 
there is no place like home. Yeah. South Africa is this beautiful place when people are leaving and spreading their wings and going to, you know, look for greener grass elsewhere. I say, look, the grass is green wherever you water it. And this, this is my chosen home. And the beautiful thing is that we come from such a dynamic population group yeah. and there are so many different people, but that Ubuntu spirit is something that brings us together. Yeah. And there's nothing more beautiful than human connection. That I believe is a gift. And just to touch on one of your points, you've got people like Lazarus Zim who were born in a township. But instead of going out and drinking, instead of turning to crime, he became a scholar and said that I'm going to study harder than anybody else and I'm not going to allow my circumstance to bring me down. And he went on to become the first black chairman yeah. of Anglo-American. And if he can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. But it's all around the mindset because I think it's easier to feel like a victim if you are living in a circumstance where you're surrounded by poverty. But that's why it's so individual that you have to take the accountability and the ownership and say, I am going to be the one that breaks the chain for my family and for my future generations. And that takes courage. Yeah, it does. It does take a lot of courage. Um, speaking of courage, actually, I want to I wanna go back to us talking about um, addiction. I think it's something that you're definitely not the only South African to go through addiction. If anything, we have a, a, a massive drug problem and an even bigger alcohol problem in South Africa. Um, I'm somebody who's been close to people who've had addiction issues, especially alcohol. Yeah. Um, I go to Al-Anon like once a week um, as to talk to other family members who are going through the same thing. So I want to ask you, especially with what you said about your brother coming to see you, and that's the moment where you were like, I can't keep doing this. Um, do you have a message for, for the family members of people who, are, who do have addictions um, and how to sort of help them get out of that? Sure. I, I get people who, family members reaching out to me every week on social media and saying, please help. This is the space that either our son or daughter is in. The first message is you can't change anybody. So sometimes the saddest truth is that for as long as an addict or alcoholic has a warm roof, uh, a warm bed and a roof over their head and food in the fridge, why do we need to change? Sure. For me, there had to be consequence. I had to lose people. I had to lose opportunities. I really had to feel that rock bottom. And sometimes it's hard for a parent because you want to look after your child, but sometimes how you're looking after them is enabling them to stay on the path of addiction and alcoholism. And sometimes they need to be cut off. Sometimes tough love is what an addict needs because as an addict, I know, like I'm a great salesperson. I'm in luxury property now. But the reason why I'm good at it is because as an addict alcoholic, I was yeah, manipulative and divisive. I knew how to lie. I knew how to bend stories in order to get whatever I wanted. So the first message is sometimes tough love is the only route to go to help somebody to reach their rock bottom because you can't change for them. The second is also that how somebody acts and behaves has nothing to do about you. It's got to do with their own internal demons that that's going on. So a lot of parents or siblings feel, you know, angry, resentful of a family member who is stuck in addiction and stuck in alcoholism. But it's really not, I don't believe people wake up to hurt other people. Sure. I believe people act out based on their own hurt, their own insecurities and the own stuff that's going on inside of them. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is just to choose unconditional love. Yeah. And anger is a burden. To carry anger towards somebody, it, it pollutes our whole way of thinking. Yeah. And I don't believe if you want to live a life where you are creating a success, where you're awakening to your true potential and being the human that you are destined to be and stepping into your God-given purpose, there's no space for anger. Yeah. So loving unconditionally and understanding that if addiction and alcoholism was part of their journey, that is their journey to yeah. walk. Yeah. Oh. 
Guys, okay, so I have this habit of whenever I'm writing on a piece of paper, if I make any sort of mistake, I can't carry on in that piece of paper. I have to turn the page, which perfectionist, is, <laughs> <laughs> which is sometimes you. It is a good thing because you know you 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 have things perfect and all of that. But I want to go into. I mean, you've already spoken about the journey of getting to. Um, the healing and, you know, that turning point in your life. And I, I know that you speak about it in the book as well. But I want to talk about that when you turn that new page, which isn't starting over because that mess is still there on the other side of the page. What happens? Like, where do you begin and how do you get to a point where you are able to actually make something of yourself and have a best-selling book? Uh, but listen, how do you get mm. over it? <laughs> I love that. So... Just to summarize, get over it. So mm. over is spelled OVA. Mm-hmm. And that's the steps that I use to go from being an addict alcoholic to turning over a billion rand in the luxury property space within four years of coming out of rehab. So that for me was just the, the underlying pillar of my breakthrough was just seeing that I could create something and I didn't have to sabotage or destroy it once it was built. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first critical pillar is ownership, taking ownership of your past and where you are today. So letting go of anger, resentment, guilt, and shame. You can never go back and change an experience that you've had. And some people turn to alcohol and drugs because they they think they've been a victim to an experience, Mm -hmm. whether that's molestation, rape, something that's happened to them, Mm -hmm. abuse, betrayal, all our childhood traumas, abuse, betrayal, rejection, disapproval, abandonment. And abandonment is a big thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But So you can't change what happened to you, but you have 100% power and responsibility to change the meaning that you've attached to that. And you can shift your perspective with any situation. So part of ownership is going back and reprogramming the relationship that you have to that experience. Once you've taken full ownership, now you can craft a vision that gets you excited for the future. So the first pillar, dealing with your past and your present. Second pillar, knowing where you want to be in the future. And this is something that gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning, whether it's cold outside or the middle of winter, when you've got a vision that excites you to the core, that taps into your purpose and your passions, you want to jump out of bed in the morning. And a lot of time people feel stuck because they don't know where they're going. And if you think of your GPS, a GPS is useless unless you put in the destination. Destination, It's not going to take you anywhere. So unless you know where you're going, how are you going to make decisions today, tomorrow that sets you up to reach your goals and dreams? So once you've taken ownership of the past, once you know where you want to go, so you're having a vision for the future, the next is connecting where you are to that vision which is taking massive action. And that's where barriers to taking action come in. Uh, Perfectionism being one of them. So sometimes we have this fear of being judged by others. So we never start because we're scared it's not going to be perfect. Instead of embracing that as humans, we're imperfectly we're perfectly imperfect, perfect, yeah. and that's okay. You know, software developers, they've got what's called a beta version. You get the beta version, and then there's still bugs. People are still tweaking it. It's far from perfect, but they rather get it into the market and start growing their customer base than not launch something at all. Yeah. And taking action, that's about creating discipline, something very tough for someone who has battled with any form of escape. For me, it was drugs and alcohol, but for other people, relationships can be an escape. Easier to look at my partner than to look at myself. For others, it's work. People obsess about their career, but their home life is a bit of a mess. For others, it could be gym, fitness, gambling. Anything that becomes an obsession 
has the potential to be an escape. And once you stack these together, taking ownership, crafting a vision and taking massive action, you'll be surprised how you look back at your life in the next six months or a year yeah. and you're in a totally different place. Oof, I love that. Um, I, I love that. I'm so excited to read this book. Um, uh, one of my favorite self-help books speaks on habits and I want to know what kind of, of habits did you then get? I'm assuming Atomic habits, eh? You know, <laughs> you know, boy. Um, what kind of habits did you uh, sort of get yourself into post rehab to help you get to where you are today? So obsession is part of who I am. Yeah. It's part of my, my personality. So instead of fighting who I am, I channel it into areas that will bring me the most good. So fitness for me, having a routine. A ru- ru- habits, rituals, and routines are what set you up for excellence. Gotcha. Robin Sharma talks about it all the time. You don't wake up and just become a person of excellence. It's your habits, rituals, and routines that set you up for that success. Yeah. So for me, it's about self-love. I've got one concept, which is looking at your life like a pizza mm-hmm. and accepting that you're a whole human being. And a pizza is made up of 12 different slices, but so often we obsess about finding that romantic partner. Because that slice or our career, those two slices, romantic partner and career, seem like the juiciest slices. But now when either of those get taken away, the rest of the pizza is stale and we've got nothing to feed on. And self-love is about understanding that you're made up of your career, your growth, your education, your service, your family, your friends, your hobbies. There are so many things that make you you. And we should be focusing on all the areas so we're always full. So if a relationship doesn't work out, not a problem. I still have a full pizza. Yeah. If something happens in our career, not a problem. I've still nurtured my friendships, my family, my service and contribution. Oof. I know, I know this is a bit of an abstract question, but I wanted to hear it from you. I love abstract. After <laughs> everything you've gone through, are you proud of yourself? I'm super proud of myself. And um, the question about love was important. Like, I believe that we are beings of love. I believe that anger, resentment, all this stuff pulls us away from who we really are. So on a daily basis, I challenge myself to show up with love in any situation. And I've been through situations that are traumatic, whether it's a betrayal from someone close to me. And even in that moment, instead of becoming angry, where my ego wants me to be angry, I can now transcend that and rise above and choose love. So I can choose to understand that whatever that person has done is not because of me. It's because their own state, their own tools or lack of tools that they have to process whatever they are going through. So instead of getting angry, instead of feeling like a victim, on a day-to-day basis, I'm proud of myself that I can choose love and unconditional understanding and acceptance of others. Mm-hmm. And I think that that for me is part of the journey of enlightenment. When Vision has a book and it's called Unfwithable, and it's meaning that anything in the outside world shouldn't have any effect on your inner state. Yeah, Yeah. and when you get to that level, you're in a powerful place where you can create, where you can manifest, where you can really make a difference, and you can ultimately touch the lives of others. And that's our ultimate purpose. What we're doing here today, someone will watch this video, will watch other episodes in the podcast, and they will be inspired to change something about their own lives. And I really believe that the mess is there. The purpose is to serve others yeah. with everything we've gone through. Ooh. And I've, I've heard, you know, something similar to what you spoke about, which is what I learned was the five F's of balancing your life or something like that, which is basically you have to give attention to all of these aspects, mm. your finances, your fitness, your faith, 
and I forgot the other two, but they are very important. Anyways, <laughs> um, how do you get to a point where you find out all of those things? Like, do you, but I think once you go into this world of self-help, you can get lost in it and it can be extremely overwhelming yeah. because there's just so much and you realize, okay, this one's talking about how do I get over it? This one's talking about building habits. This yeah. one's talking about, and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do it. And then you find yourself stuck yeah. once again. How do you get yourself into that routine of sort of, okay, every day there's just this one thing that I'm going to mm. do. And where do you find it? So again, it just comes down to discipline sure. and discipline of becoming a scholar of life. And even if it's not self-help, let's say somebody has just gone into the restaurant business. Yeah. They've just started as a waiter. There are thousands of hours of free content on YouTube. Yeah. There are free eBooks. There is so much that you can consume on the restaurant business, connecting with people. So there is no excuse these days not to become an expert at anything that you start doing. So either go all in or don't do it at all. And with personal development, it's the key that in different seasons, different things will resonate with you. In one season, maybe you know that it's anger and forgiveness that you need to work on. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe you're struggling in the area of relationships. Maybe it's the lack of discipline. Yeah. But when the student is ready, the teacher is always there. And books, so for me, like the routine of reading, the habit of, like, I've got Robin Sharma's app and Tony Robbins app, and I follow uh, YouTube channels like the School of Greatness, the yeah. Mastery Sessions. So social media with lots of people saying, oh, it's a distraction and it's all this garbage and people negativity. I don't follow any of those accounts. So my experience of social media yeah, is getting true. these beautiful curated hits of inspiration of um, people that I follow talking about love, relationships, growth, healing. So it actually inspires and empowers me on a day-to-day -day basis. I can tell a big part of who you are is your passion for this country. What do you think makes South Africans such a strong people? Sure. I think our resilience, what we've gone through as a country, just, yeah. just rising up through apartheid and like just the inclusivity and in how we are today. Like if we look at our um, the previous generations, yeah. there was so much anger. And I think now with our generation, that anger has gone. It's like there, there is a love for each other as the people. And I think that, that, that spirit of connection is really what makes the people so strong. Yeah. And we're in a country, there are so many opportunities in this country to launch a business in South Africa. You can register a company with CIPC in 24 hours yeah. at such a low cost. Costs you like 600 Rand to register a company. Go try to do that in London or America yeah. or a first world country. There are so many obstacles to get through. So there is no better place to build a business, to launch a brand, to create your message and then take it to the world Oof. I want to go start you a, I already have a business I want to go start another <laughs> one <today. laughs> you know what we need to do now yeah yeah. Well, you yeah. know what we need yeah, to do we need to, we need to ask him we need to ask him Devin what is your message of strength to South Africa my message of strength is that if you are struggling right now if you are facing pain challenges and obstacles instead of seeing it as a wall see it as a staircase yeah. the obstacles the painful situations the challenges that you are going through are going to get you towards your purpose and in your darkest moments your darkest moment today in the future is going to be the light for someone else who yeah. is still stuck where you are right now and life is not about the destination happiness is not about one day when yeah. one day when i have this yeah. happiness is about choosing right now on the journey no matter where you find yourself to yeah. be grateful and appreciative that even this morning if you opened your two eyes 
those are two gifts. Yeah. Yep. And again, it's just a shift of focus. So yeah. in order for us to rise up and be who we are destined to be, mm. all it is is choosing love, gratitude, appreciation, and letting go mm. of all the rest. Oof. Wow. Thank wow. you. So I, I've never, ever done this on the State of the Strong. <laughs> but if you are watching this on YouTube, I need you to add this to your watch later now or add it to your playlist and then if you're on Spotify or wherever else, make sure that you add it to your library because we have ta- we've gone through so much content yeah. and it's just like he has them already. Yeah, like it yeah. makes sense, but it's just like in one answer, he's just got, okay, this is how you deal with it. He's got a, here's the problem, yeah. the cause, <laughs> and this is how you deal with it. Yeah. So you, I, I, I strongly urge everybody watching this and listening to this right now, please make sure that you save it, that you bookmark it because you are going to get some nuggets yeah. in this. And yeah. I've never said this about an episode this is of true. the state of the strong. I, I, I want to say one thing that's Go very important though. And that's like, there's nothing special about me. I just followed a simple step-by-step process mm. of taking ownership, knowing where I wanted to be and then taking massive action. Yeah. I don't have any qualification. Mm. I could have like, I have a matric, but I never went and studied. So it's not like the, the answers that are coming like anybody in life. I'm just winging it. Yeah. Every celebrity that you look up to Elon Musk, whoever we really idolize each person is just winging it every yeah. single day. Yeah. No one has a manual. No one has all their stuff together. Mm. So as young people, we mustn't feel frustrated or feel like we're never going to get there yeah. because every single person, me included, I'm winging it yeah. every single day. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Devin, thank you so much for joining us on the Thank podcast. you for having me. It's well, been a pleasure absolutely, being here. I hope season two, three, four, five, five, just one, one episode per season we bring <laughs> Devin back. <laughs> Done deal. Right? Just to say, how's the next book going? Mm. Mm. So the mm. next book I'm writing... Uh, relationship mastery and actually how I wrote the book is I started running workshops okay. so I got quite frustrated I wanted to write a book I sat in front of a word document and writing's not my strong point but because I've always been a salesman I've always put presentations together yes. really well. so I got so angry at some point with myself and this is pain and pleasure as humans we are pushed away from pain and we're drawn towards pleasure so it became so painful not writing the book that I had to do That's something nice. about it so I started running a workshop. So I just, I made up a little mock-up ad. I put it on my social media and I said, breakthrough workshop, full day. I chose a venue. I made it two weeks ahead. And then lo and behold, the next day, four people had paid me. Yeah. So now that I was works. sitting with people's money in my account and I went, oh dear, now I've got to put a workshop sure. together. Yeah. So now I, I did the first <laughs> workshop. Just happened to be that a prominent businesswoman was in that workshop. She opened it up to her whole network and it very next month, I had 22 people at the next workshop, yeah. and I had 180 slides that I presented ownership, vision, and action. And then a light bulb moment, I said, hey, if I just expand each slide into one or two pages, I've got 300 odd pages yeah. there, and that's a book, and that's exactly what I did. Wow. So again, people think it's rocket science. They're like, no ways you wrote a book. But once I broke it down into simple bite-sized chunks, mm-hmm. it was easy to do. Yeah. So the second book… The other workshop I run is called Relationship Mastery. And the premise is that we are so thirsty for love that we will drink poison Mm. and expect it to satiate our thirst. Uh. And the whole first half of the book talks about the most important relationship you will ever be in. And that's the relationship with yourself. Because I don't like, we are never single. We're always dating ourselves. And we should be getting to know ourselves on a deeper level when we're not with a partner. And then it talks about spotting the green flags, the red flags, what you should be looking for, and how to foster a love that lasts. 
to something to look forward to yeah, yeah. for season two uh-huh, or three next... or four or five. Mm. Do we do we know? Do you have an idea of when you'd like to drop this book? Uh, end of August, beginning of September. Okay, so this summer year. summer season. Awesome. It, it makes a really good Christmas gift. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much again, Devin. We really no, loved having pleasure. you on the show. Literally, as usual, I you've been you. amazing. Don't, I really do. Don't, it's nice, you know. First, I love myself, obviously, because. <laughs> But then it's also nice to be loved by you. See, I'm, I'm oh, there's a lot of love in this room. I can feel it. Um, if there's anything we've learned today, it's to lead with love. Thank you very much for watching this episode of the State of the Strong. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.